Welcome to the best things in life podcast with Kevin Hamoki. And uh, welcome to uh, another episode of the Best Things in Life podcast uh, with me, Kevin Hamoki. This is my podcast. Uh, if this is the first time you're listening, the way this podcast works is that uh, I use my deduction and internet research skills and my uh, my own uh, personal experience uh, to determine what the best is in any given subject. Today, I'm going to be talking about the best uh, James Bond movie or film. Uh, and uh, yeah, that, that the way I'm going to be going about it is uh, I'm going to go through a couple of options, you know, you know, basically pick today. I'm going to be picking the top seven for 007. I'm going to be picking the top 007 uh, films. And uh, at the end of it, uh, after I've uh, gone through all the information that I have, collected i'll determine the uh, best bond film uh now the reason why i'm doing this subject today it is november uh i think the 12th uh that i'm recording this uh in this november was supposed to be uh, a pretty big bond month it was supposed to be daniel craig's last outing as uh james bond in the film no time to die but instead uh covid happened this little thing called covid 19 happened and uh, theaters are no longer around for how long, I don't know. And uh, yeah, and also another big thing that happened in November is the first James Bond died. Sir Sean Connery. I don't know if he's a sir, but he's a sir in my book. But uh, yeah, Sean Connery passed away. So it was a very, if you're a Bond fan right now, it's a very weird time. It's a. It's like, fuck, man, we could have gotten, you know, last Bond movie, but the first Bond dies instead, you know. So, uh, yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm a big Bond fan. I love the movies uh, going all the way back to 1962, you know, so that's almost uh, that's that's almost 60 years. We're almost 60 years. I think we're 55. I'm not good at math. That's another thing you'll know about this podcast is I'm not really good at a lot of things, but uh, I get I try. I like to try. And that's, uh, I get an A for effort. Um, but yeah, if this is your first time uh, checking out the podcast, thank you very much for stopping by. Uh, if you're a regular listener, I love you. You are my friend. Friends, BFF forever. Um, if you are new, though, don't forget to like, comment, and then subscribe. And then also interact. You know, drop in my DMs or uh, go on go on the comment section. I read all of it. You know, I like to get interactive with as many of, of you as I can, you know, um, let me know how your life's going. Let me know what the best thing in your life is. And let me know if there's a, there's a thing that you want may, you know, may, maybe right now you're on the market for, uh, let's see, what, what November, let's see. Oh, maybe you're, you want to know what the best console is right now between the PS4 and the PS5. I know the right answer, but you know, let me, let me, let me know if you want to know, right. You know, things like that, or, uh, what's the fur, the best game I should get on the new console. 
on the new PlayStation 5 or Xbox. You know, I know the best game. I know it because I'm a gamer too. And uh, I know I know a lot of things. And I can do the research and I could read a shitload of internet articles on, on any given subject. In a way, in a way, that is my superpower. I have time and a very... Um, I also have a short attention span too. So when I read articles, and I just air quoted there, when I read articles, I'm, I mainly glance. I usually try to skip to the end of it to where they have like the conclusion, you know? So, uh, you know, I get to the point, but that, that that's the thing. That, that That's how my life works. I try to surround myself with the best things possible, uh, obviously geared towards my own life, but I try to pick generally the best things in, in life so that I can have uh, the best life. That I can have. Um, that sounds like a really, really bad Instagram post. That's like that's like a low budget Instagram model's post. Is like I I can't get the best, so I'm trying to get the best in my life. Anyways, um, yeah, today I want to be talking about the best Bond movie. Right, there are fifty years of history there, almost sixty. Uh, there's twenty four Bond films. I believe No Time Today might be the 25th. I forget about it. Um, but yeah, when it comes to James Bond, one of the one of the one of the oldest and greatest. Listen, before before John Wick, before Jason Bourne, before Mission Impossible, before all of that, James Bond was the was the was the action hero man. He was the, the you know the single man that could go up against the world and and fight all the bad guys and do all that good shit, right? You know, so he's the precursor to all of that. All those movies owe him a debt. And, uh, you know, I mean, written by by Ian Fleming, who, who was in the war as well, World War II, you know, and uh, it has a rich history. Uh, the original, I want to say the first maybe 15 or 12 movies are based on his novels, you know, and uh, like obviously a character that has started in the 60s uh, has changed over the years. You know, we have Sean Connery who kind of stamped his iconic role on it. You know, he gave 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 a, a blueprint of how Bond should act, feel, and think. You know, and then and then we had Lazenby, who was a a one pump chump, but arguably one of the best Bond films as well. On Your Majesty's Secret Service, and we'll get to that. Uh, and then we had the Roger Moore era. This guy had twenty years of Bond, basically. You know, and even though he was two years older than Connery, he 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 kind of kept it. I mean, he looked a little younger, didn't lose his hair like Connery did. But uh, near the end, man, Bond became almost a, a parody of himself, a silly. But then again, it was the 70s. Right. So, you know, things were more lackadaisical. Right. And then after the old man, Roger Moore left, we had uh, Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton, who uh, who. I liked him as as Bond, but he was almost a placeholder for uh, Pierce Brosnan, who would come next. Uh, what happened with Dalton was, I, I think originally uh, Brosnan was supposed to be Bond, but he was on a little show called Remington Steel, was preoccupied with that. So in the meantime, they needed Bond films, and that's when they got uh, um, Timothy Dalton, you know, who did did the best that he could. He gave him more gritty, more, I mean, the, he was the first Bond to kind of really get bloodied up. An action, and then we had we had Pierce Brosnan, who, uh, I mean, his later films not so much, but he was my Bond. See, this is the, so the reason why I'm not doing the best James Bond 
is because I do believe ultimately it comes down to personal preference and generational. I mean, a character that's from the 1960s to today, whose Bond is being played by Daniel Craig, um, you know, it, it, it's a different feeling, a different vibe, right? It's almost like uh, people who have the Michael Jordan era versus the LeBron era versus if you go all the way back to like Wilt Chamberlain era, right? Like, like it, 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 you're going to pick kind of closer to whatever you are. So I don't think it is. I mean, personally, personally, I mean, Pierce, Pierce Brosnan is my favorite Bond. He had that balance between charm and and action and all that stuff um but his later movies weren't as great but i i thought he did the character well i think obviously sean connery being the first and creating that iconic role and all the other bonds trying to emulate as much as they could and then you got daniel craig who just took it to a new level brought it and brought bond into the 21st century still was able to kept the toughness you know the grittiness but and but you know had the charm and all that stuff so I mean, if I had to, okay, I mean, if I had to pick up, my bond is Pierce Brosnan. But if I had to say who portrayed the character best, um, let's see. If I had to pick who, who portrayed it best, that's fucking hard, man. If I had to, if aliens came down and asked me who, who, who's the best Bond, right? I think. It's got. It's got to be. You know what? As as much as you know, obviously politics and things have changed. I got to go with Sean Connery. You know what? I, I again, this is something I'd have to do more research on, but I I'd have to say Sean Connery only because he created the role, and almost every other Bond has been an homage to him, but obviously brought their own uh, things. And then there's also been controversy, you know, women slapping and all that stuff. Which I mean, listen, it's the sixties and fifties, fifties and sixties. Yeah, you, you kind of did it, right? That's another thing a lot of people forget. Time. Time's a bitch. That's a lesson I got to learn as I get older. But uh, yeah, when it comes to James Bond movies, the films. Um, yeah, I picked seven of them. Seven of the best films that best represent who James Bond is as a character. You know, actually that, you know what, that that reminds me. Um. So being it being before we get into Bond, I, I'm going to stay on the topic of of James Bond himself, the character. So we're coming at the end of Daniel Craig's last run should be here. Maybe it's probably going to be next year, but it should be here sooner rather than later. Um, James Bond as a character, he's an international MI6 uh, spy. He basically um, he's a naval officer, naval naval captain, I believe is was his rank. And. He's a he's a womanizer, right? He's a he's a he's a fighter. He's a lover and a fighter at the same time, you know, British, right? So proper wears a suit. I mean, listen, anytime I put on a suit, I feel like James Bond. You know, I think I think, you know, the 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 fashion guys who did who, who do all the Bond films, they 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 really do the suits well. Um, but yeah, when it comes to James Bond, uh, his character is. Is that he's an international spy who likes to to get down with it, who likes to shag many women, you know, and he and that's another thing. His his movies have 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 had very beautiful Bond girls, you know. But um, yeah, when it comes to James Bond, uh, he is a very particular character. Recently in the news, and obviously with with, with Daniel Craig, the question is who should be the next Bond, you know, who should play. 
who should play James Bond after Daniel Craig? Now, the question is, how does Bond get carried over? Because they did a very good job with kind of with Daniel Craig's. They almost had a story arc of 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 the beginning, middle and end of James Bond's career. They, they kind of did a mini arc with Daniel Craig. So I don't think doing another origin story is is uh, going to work with Bond. But the question is, how do you bring J- James Bond into the 21st and eventually into the 22nd century? We're not there yet. But how do we bring Bond? How do how do we make Bond relevant? You know, so I've been listening to the news and all these uh, articles and all these people, you know, voicing their opinions and all that stuff. I know one of the strongest ones was definitely having uh, Idris Elba as James Bond. And a lot of people were controversial because like, oh, it's a black James Bond. It's a black James Bond. And I'm like, you're you're an idiot. You're an idiot. It has nothing to do with him being black. At the end of the day, the character is a British man, right? Which Idris Elba is, right? And, 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 and you know, tall, dark, and handsome. So they they never really say that he's a he's a he's a he's a white. Uh, pimpled face uh, guy. No, they said he's tall, dark, and handsome. And Idris Elba can pull that off. But here's the thing. Here's where I, I, I counteract that uh, thing. At the end of the day, Idris Elba's like, what, five years younger, maybe, or same age as Daniel Craig. So if you're at that point, it's mute. No, you don't. Why? I, because you want to ruffle some cages? No. So I think, I think as much as. As as much as Idris Elba would would do a good Bond, it just doesn't make business sense. You gotta go. At the end of the day, I think right now you gotta go younger. You know that 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 if if you want to have a, a series, right? I mean, look at recently casted Tom Tom Holland in uh, he's in the Uncharted movies that are going to be coming out, and he's a young kid, and in the video games he's kind of an old man. And the perfect casting would have been Nathan Fillion, the actor. Uh, but he is also older. So the question is, do you really want to get your multi-million dollar studio behind a guy that has maybe four or five years of, and no offense to Nathan Fillion, but you know, four or five years of doing action before it becomes. So I think, I think when it comes to, okay. So that's why when it comes to, uh, to, to the next bond, it has to be a young male, British male. Now that's another thing I've been hearing a lot of, you know, now this could be fake news. It could be fake news. I've been hearing stories about how it could be. Why can't Bond be a woman? Why can't Bond be a woman? Well, let me tell you why. Because the character is written as a British spot, British male, you know. And here's the thing. There is nothing wrong with creating a character called Jane Bond and having her own adventures where she can go and become a, I don't, what do you call a girl that womanize not womanizes men or like and no i'm not going to use the s word s-l-u-t i'm not going to use that word but no 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 it like uh fuck a, a cougar no cougar's like a um an older lady no i don't know what the word is for a woman that can get any man i say lucky but um yeah i mean you can create a character and have her set in her own world. You could even have a setter in the James Bond world, call her James Bond's sister. But you can't. I don't like. It's it would be ridiculous to 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 replace her with a woman, replace Bond with a woman, and then 
call the woman James Bond and, and make everyone believe that the woman is a no. James Bond is not a trans transgender. I mean, he has in, in movies changed races like he did in uh, You Only Live Twice. He became an Asian man. So yes, I think you can you can race swap, but I don't think you can gender swap. I don't know unless we're going into the future where we're all fucking fluid and we we can call Bond he she them they. I don't know how that works, but look, James Bond is a male, British male. Okay, so in that case, uh, when it comes to, to to who I think my pick is for who who should replace the next, uh, who should replace Daniel Craig and who should be the next Bond, a young British male, uh, I would have to say Richard Madden. Richard Madden is a young British male. He was recently on a show called, well, you probably know him from Game of Thrones, but he was also on a Netflix series called The Bodyguard. He's he's a handsome fucker. Um, he's young, agile. Uh, he's also a redhead, so it could be you know just enough. Listen, you you want talking about minorities? Redheads are a bit of a minority, right? I mean, maybe dye his hair. I don't know, but listen, people were okay with 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 Craig's blonde. Why not be okay with the red? But I think of a young young British male to to play the next Bond. I would say it's going to be a. Uh, a Richard Madden, you know, so look him up. And, and if you have a better, if you have a better suggestion and don't come at me with like, like American guys who can do British accents. Nah, man, there's something called tradition, British men. So uh, do that anyways. So that's my pick for who should be the next bond, but let me get into uh, the best bond film. So that way, you know what movie to watch so that you can get a taste. Let's say you've never watched a bond film before. Which, listen, it's been 60 years. I don't know how you've gone along. But let's say you haven't seen a Bond film before and you want to know, okay, what's the... Because here's the thing. They do have... Like, Daniel Craig's do have a story arc, you know, and all that stuff. But if... And some of some of the Connery ones also had an arc as well. But uh, ultimately, the Bond movies can be just one and done. You can watch a single one, you know, and all that stuff. They, they all have similar... They're, they're key figures, right, to a Bond film. So let me go over the key figures that a Bond film needs to have. And these are the Bond films that I have all have these key uh, um, details to the film that make it a Bond film. You know, you have to have a, a strong James Bond. You have to have a great villain, a great villain, the Bond who, who who's scary, right? And that villain usually has a henchman or a few henchmen. Right. Somebody, somebody who, um, you know, uh, usually goes toe to toe with with doesn't have the brain, but goes toe to toe physically with a uh, bond. You know, it could be a guy like odd job who throws hats at people or jaws who bites people. Or I think the last real henchman, I would say, was Batista. He played Hinks, I think, in Inspector. So, you you know, a big brooding dude or, or just a, a, a physical guy, whether you. He's a martial artist or not to go up against Bond. And then you have to have a Bond girl or a couple Bond girls. You know, a beautiful... It used to be a damsel in distress, but over time they progressed that. And now it could be a strong ally, you know, a, a strong... Um, maybe another another spy, another agent, another fighter, right? A Bond. And, and sometimes the henchman can also be a henchwoman as well. But yeah, Bond girls. He's always had the most beautiful girls uh, in, in his movies and uh, throughout the time, my favorite Bond girl that I can think think of, Halle Berry was definitely a really good Bond girl. 
Um, oh, Christmas Jones. I liked Christmas Jones. Oh, who was played by Denise Richards because uh, at the end of the movie, um, because uh, her name is Christmas Jones. That's another thing you'll you'll learn that Bond Bond girls have really uh, innuendo names, very uh, you know ticklish names. And her name was Christmas Jones. And then there's a part in the movie where uh, I think they just they just they just had sex. And then Pierce Brosnan, who's my favorite Bond, looks over and is like, "Oh, I thought uh, I thought Christmas only came once a year." You know what I mean? You know, get it? Because yeah. That's Bond. Smooth fucking lines. Smooth fucking lines like that. Christmas only comes once a year. He's obviously not talking about the holiday, boys and girls. Anyways, another thing, too, is, um, you know, he has all he has cool cars, usually an Aston Martin that, that you know, a British British brand. Originally, they wanted to do a Jaguar producers, but Aston Martin definitely got in there. And then gadgets. Now, obviously, over time, gadgets have become a little bit of a thing because you know back in the day they didn't have cell phones so they would use like you know the messaging and, and text message watches and all this weird shit now we have cell phones so i mean in a way the cell phone is a gadget right but uh yeah get usually some type of like gadget to aid aid james bond um huge set pieces huge action sequences happen usually bond has has great opening action action sequences uh my favorite one actually is from a movie called tomorrow tomorrow never dies where bond basically just uh uh takes out an entire fucking air base steals a nuclear bomb uh to save the world right you know in the last in the 11th hour so that, that that's a cool one uh and then usually also it has to have a killer intro that's a thing an in, intro killer theme song you know who knew you could make a song called skyfall or gold finger like Usually they'll have these major artists record. And, uh, the newest one is actually going to be done by Billie Eilish. So they'll have hot recording artists create a, a specific uh, intro music for just that. And um, yeah, that, that that's some of the thing. And obviously he has to kill a bunch of people and he has to fuck a couple of girls. And that that's how you have a perfect James Bond film. So all these films I'm about to list have that. So let's dig into to the Bond movies. And uh, I'm the way I'm going to be going it is I'm going to be going about it by chronological order by when they came out. Um, I'll give you the details about it. You know, what, you know the 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 requirements they've met, and then at the end of it, I'm only going to pick one. One of these seven, one of these 007 Bond films, uh, is is the best. So let's get into it after I uh, sip my tea. Because British people drink tea. So the first film, and you know what? At the end of it, I'm going to actually do a rundown of all the Bond films so that you'll know why they didn't make the cut, why they did make the cut. And also, so, you, you know, if, if you want to know other Bond films, maybe you can go into them as well and counteract my uh, decision as judge, jury, and executioner of best Bond films. So the first film uh, that I'm picking uh, that is on the list is Goldfinger in 1964. This one sh uh, starred Sean Connery as as James Bond, the original Bond. Um, the villain was uh, a, a called Al Ulrich, last name Goldfinger, played by Gert Frobe. Uh, basically, uh, okay, just the basic plot of it is Goldfinger, the this this man plans to eradicate the U.S. gold reserve at Fort Knox 
putting out of putting it out of use for 58 years, which will increase the value of his own gold reserves and destabilize the Western economies. You know, so uh, you, you, believable, believable, almost in a way. Right. I mean, you know, nukes and shit. Um, and then, you know, he had a henchman called Odd Job played by Harold uh, Sakata, who basically was a big Asian man who drove him around, but had a top hat and he would top hat was made of some kind of metal thing. I don't know, but he would throw it and basically knock you the fuck out or cut off your head. He cut off a statue head with his hat. Believable. Listen, it's a James Bond film, right? So I think it was the sixties, you know? So, you know, odd job is just a very, you know, it, he he's also an archetypal henchman. Didn't speak much because he was uh, Japanese, I guess. He just made grunts like, mm, 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 mm. but uh, listen, he was a formidable foe. Uh, and then the Bond girl, who possibly has the best name in the entire Bond film series, and the Bond girl played by Honor Blackman, and that that's not the her the character name. The character's name is Pussy Galore. Pussy galore. Yes, some someone in this world named their daughter Pussy. Pussy galore. I don't know if that was a thing from the 60s if you named girls Pussy, but fuck yeah. But uh, yeah, she was basically like a pilot in the film who worked for for uh, who worked for Goldfinger. And she, you know, she originally just like, yeah, I'm just doing a job for Goldfinger, blah, blah, blah. Feeds me as a rich man. But then Bond seduces her, gets her over to his side. And uh, the rest is Goldfinger history. Um, and then, you know, we the car, that's when uh, Bond busts out the Aston Martin DB5. It had bulletproof, bulletproof screens, homing detector, smoke screen, oil slick, wheel blades, ejector seat. Like his car was really jacked up to that. Uh, and, and he also had for gadgets, he had a homing device in his shoe uh, that, that linked to his car as well. So and the, the theme song was sang by uh, Shirley uh, Goldfinger. That's the name of the song, was sung by uh, Shirley Bassey. And she ended up doing, I think, two or three other uh, songs, Diamonds Are Forever, and I believe uh, License to Kill? I'm not too sure, but but she she was also a great vocalist. Um, And, I mean, in the kill count, Bond killed about six people in the film, including... uh, Goldfinger and sh- he shagged about two girls, Pussy Galore, and I believe he banged a girl at the hotel uh, when he was surveying Goldfinger, um, who eventually Goldfinger killed by painting her in gold, which basically didn't allow her body to breathe, and she died of suffocation, which apparently is a real thing. It's a real thing. If you if you if you stay too long in 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 a certain type of paint. You can actually lose oxygen if you don't get oxygen, especially through your nose. So, yeah, listen, Goldfinger basically, listen, I mean, there were two other films before Dr. No from Russia Love, but this is the one where everything came together. You know, you had a really strong intro song. You had uh, a, a villain who was a mad genius. And then you had a henchman, Bond girl. He, This film really set up the, the future films that are about to come because it really set up um, who Bond was. You know, Bond came into his own, and I think, uh, yeah, I think, I think, I think this one really uh, it had a, it had everything that a good Bond movie had. You know, um, I mean, yeah, you know, one of the best Bonds with with a great villain. 
and uh, action sequences were great. Set pieces were great. They eventually fight at Fort Knox, you know, um, you know, and, and it really, this is the first film to set up again, how a Bond movie should play out, right? Because Bond movies, as you find out, eventually do become formulaic. Now, that's a plus and minus. But listen, if it's a good formula, I think uh, you stick with it. So the next film that's also on this list after uh, Goldfinger, uh, I'm putting this one is uh, You Only Live Twice, which came out in 1967. Connery was still Bond for this one. Uh, he wore a wig on this one. You could you could almost kind of tell. Uh, but this one actually had Bond's greatest villain. So his, in this one, it was Blofeld, who's played by the bald guy with a scar and was played by the actor Donald Pleasance. Now, you you kids might might recognize this character as Dr. Evil from Austin Powers. But so before Austin Powers, this movie literally, if you, if you watch it, directly influences, obviously, the parody of Austin Powers. I mean, you had a couple of henchmen, Mr. Osato, Helga Brandt, Hans. The Bond girl, he had two girls. One was Aki, and the other one was Kissy, Su Kissy Suzuki. Uh, I think one was his wife. So uh, the, the basic plot of the movie is Spectre, who is Blofeld's uh, an, an organization that basically wants to create evil and do all that stuff. They uh, try to start World War III by using the secret rocket ba uh, by using a secret rocket base to launch a rogue spaceship that attacks both Russian and U.S. ships putting the superpowers against each other. So Blofeld has a ship, you know, does a couple of things to create tension between the two countries, you know, and all that stuff. Um, what else we got here? The car that he those featured was a Toyota 2000 GT, really nice uh, two-door uh, coupe. Uh, I think it was a soft top. And... Uh, yeah, James Bond ended up also flying a little, uh, it's called the Little Nelly, it was an auto gyro uh, helicopter with guns, heat seeking missiles, flamethrower, and aerial mines. Uh, but also, the, the, the film just really featured basically the biggest set pieces and the biggest action sequences. Obviously, the flying, the driving action sequences, but the biggest one was at the end of the film when uh, they basically invade Blofeld's volcano lair. You know, they built a very big set where people repelled into the volcano and it was it, it was one of the big. And, and that's the thing. Bond set pieces are, are, are something. They're very beautiful, big, artistically like mind blowing pieces. And this film definitely had it, you know. Uh, and the theme song was sung by uh, You Only Live Twice was sung by Nancy, Nancy Sinatra. Bond kills about 14 and uh, bangs two girls as well um, in, in the film. So. The, the, the only issue with this film that could, might rub people the wrong way is that uh, halfway through the film, Bond gets killed and, he, you know, he, he uh, basically has to go undercover. Uh, he ends up going undercover as a as a Japanese man. They use makeup and whatever technology they had in 1967 and basically made Bond a Asian man. Yes. Tall Sean Connery became an Asian man. So if, you know, obviously in, you could not pull that shit today, but uh, back in 1967, it was believable. All you had to do was put on a uh, Japanese uh, gi, do your hair a little bit funky, and pull your eyes wide, right? Anyways, so you only live twice. Uh, then we have, which I think is 
the best Bond film. I, I really do think this is the best Bond film, but with with the weakest James Bond. Um, I'm talking about On Her Majesty's Secret Service, which came out in 1969. Bond was played by George Lazenby. What happened was Connery didn't want to do Bond anymore. There were some issues, but they wanted to get the film done. So they they brought in an Australian model called George Lazenby, who was a good-looking dude, but pretty novice when it came to acting. Um, and then uh, he, he only did one movie because he was also a bit of a diva. The movie kind of tanked. Uh, but the, the film overall was a great movie. I mean, the villain was Blofeld again, but this time it was played by Terry, uh, Telly Savalas. Uh, and then we had the, uh, the henchman, Irma Brunt, who was like this big stocky woman. She was just kind of, you know, brooding. And then, uh, the Bond girl. So this is another unique film. The Bond girl was, was Cortessa Teresa de Vincenzo or Tracy played by Diana Rigg. And she eventually became Jane in the movie became James Bond's wife. Now, what happens is at the end of the movie, she gets killed. I know, spoiler. Listen, I'm I'm going to be spoiling all these Bond films if you haven't seen them, but you should rewatch it. But yeah, she gets killed and really sets up, you know, really give really sets up Bond's character as, oh, he was a man who who, who could have just gotten married and drove into the sunset, but no, evil came around, took it, and now he he became. So at the end of the film. You really get a sense of who Bond is and then who he's supposed to be. Um, but the basic plot of the movie is Blofeld brain. It, it's a little weird, but he brainwashes women to unwittingly uh, deliver a bacteriological agent through the world, which will destroy the world's agriculture. So basically he gets women, puts some like farming shit in them and sends them out into the world that destroys the world or whatever. Uh, the car was an Aston Martin DBS. Uh, a couple of gadgets with a safe cracker, photocopier, mini camera. Uh, the big action sequence in this one is at the end of the film, James Bond infiltrates uh, Blofeld's lair at the top of a mountain. Uh, and basically there's a big, large ski uh, chase, you know, and that's something Bond's a great skier, you know, um, the theme what James Bond was played, was played. That one was created by John Barry. Bond kills about seven and bangs about three. I think he bangs more because he ends up going up to the, to Blofeld's lodge or whatever. And there's like eight or different women, the women that are, that have these bacterials in them or whatever. Right. So here's the thing. I mean, the film and, and the action sequences were top notch, uh, whether it could have or not been carried out better with Connery is debatable, but Lazenby was just kind of very, uh, it, there was no, like, uh, I guess you could say charisma to Lazenby's bond. It was just a very straight up story. It almost felt like it was a made for TV Bond movie rather than a big feature film. So that that's the only drawback. But dude, in, in terms of like the story, I mean, you had his biggest villain, Blofeld, and you know, ski sequences, gadgets, Bond getting married and losing it. Like it's it's just a perfect fucking Bond film, but unfortunately with a weak Bond, you know. But again, it's, it's something I got to consider. Uh, the next one is. Uh, the only Roger Moore film I'm adding to this list because the Roger, here's the thing, the Roger, by this time, by the 70s, Bond had become less about the action, more about the romance because they wanted to draw in, obviously, the women became 
I mean, my mom loves Roger. Roger Moore was her Bond, right? And Bond wanted to bring women into the fold. This wasn't just a guy's action film. Now it had become a bring your girlfriend movie, right? Because they wanted to love Bond. Men wanted to be him. Women wanted to bang him. And they wanted to grab that market. So Moore kind of filled out that thing. So the movie I'm talking about is The Spy Who Loved Me in 1977. Um, 1977. Uh, starring Roger Moore as Bond, you know. And uh, the villain, uh, Carl uh, Stromberg, basically this rich white dude, uh, played by Kurt Jurgens, And the story basically involves Stromberg uh, plans to use stolen nuclear missiles to start World War III. You know, pretty standard uh, villain, villain move, uh, which he will uh, sit out in his underwater base before establishing a new civilization. So basically, this rich white guy is going to launch a couple of nukes while he hides underwater when it's already comes out with his beautiful people from the water. Um, his henchmen which might possibly be the best uh, Bond henchman to ever grace the scream. I'm talking about Jaws, the big tall man with the metal teeth played by Richard Keel. And Jaws was, he, he eventually, I think he did two or three films. He was in this one. And then he was also in Moonraker, which was there. But um, yeah, I mean, he, he, he was a formidable foe for, for, for Roger Moore's Bond, threw him around like a rag doll. But Bond always found a way to outsmart him because... You know, Bond, Bond, uh, what was that, right? Uh, the Bond girl was a uh, major Anya Anamos, uh, Ama, Amasova. She was a Russian, she was a Russian spy played by Barbara Bach. And, uh, yeah, she, she was basically, this is where things, you know, she started to be on Bond's equal, but Bond's seduction got the better of her and they, they had spy love and spy sex. Um, it ended with them having banging in a, in a submarine. Uh, the car was a, a submersible Lotus Esprit. Uh, so there's a big underwater. That's another thing. Bond films. Some of them have really cool underwater chase sequences or underwater. Cause the, uh, the first one being a thunderball, but in this one, there was a lot of, uh, with the car going underneath and, and them fighting underwater. So, um, Obviously, based on reality. Uh, for the gadgets, he had a watch that basically receives and prints messages. Now, that would have been uh, replaced by a cell phone today. But back in 1977, that was pretty cool tech to get actual messages on your watch. Uh, he also had a uh, stick, a ski stick rocket. So at the beginning of the film, Bond's like on a mountain fucking some chick. And then the guys come to kill him. Bond basically does a ski chase. Again, iconic, iconic Bond move to get into a ski chase. Jumps off a mountain, but shoots them with a ski rocket. Um, what else did we have? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's a, there's a lot of sea. We we had we had skiing, we had uh, underwater scenes. Uh, so yeah, it, it had a lot of key key Bond figures or moments. Uh, the theme was "Nobody Does It Better" by Carly Simon. Bond kills about eighteen people in this because they eventually storm a, a sub ship and go to town. Bond kills about eighteen and uh, shags. About three women, obviously one being uh, Major Anya Amasova, you know. Uh, so then the next film, which is my personal favorite, I'm not going to say best. It's my personal favorite, obviously starring my favorite Bond. I am talking about Goldeneye in 1995, starring the cool, slick uh, Pierce Brosnan. 
Um, and the villain in this one was played by Sean Bean, Alec Trevelin, who basically was 006. It starts out with them being friends, being them co-agents. Uh, but at the beginning, which was a really cool fucking sequence, this actually might be my 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 other favorite one. Um, they go in, they do they 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 you know they they they're doing a mission. Alex gets killed. Bond thinks, "Oh man, my best fucking mate, my best agent mate gets killed." But later on, he comes back. I mean, so the basic story behind it is uh, a rogue MI6 agent, aka Alec. Uh, plans to steal the contents of a of the Bank of England before using an electronic uh, magnetic pulse of the Golden Eye satellite uh, to wipe out the bank's records of the theft and destroy the UK economy. We don't want the UK economy destroyed. But yeah, basically, Alec was going to steal steal stuff from the bank and then use the satellite to cover his tracks. But Bond won't let that happen, will he? So uh, in this movie, we had a female henchman or henchwoman, uh, Xenia Onatop. Played by uh, Femike Jensen, aka you might know her from uh, uh, Jean Grey from X Men, uh, and then the Bond girl was uh, played uh, was Natalia Samanova, Samanova uh, played by Isabella Skorupiko. Um, yeah, I mean, what else did we have? As- yeah, I mean, in the beginning of the film, Bond's driving in the Aston Martin DB5, and then for some reason, I, maybe I guess money thing. Pierce Brosnan Bond films always featured BMWs. In this one, he had a BMW Z3. I think in Tomorrow Dies, he had like a BMW 7 Series. It was very weird, but then it almost made sense. I guess with Spy would drive like a hidden, he wouldn't really be driving a luxury fucking car, right? But at the same time, it's James Bond, right? So for some reason, they, they started doing Beamers during, during uh, Brosnan's run, you know? Uh, a couple of gadgets. He had the grenade pen, which... Uh, uh, eventually kill, killed some people. Uh, he had a repelling belt, a belt that shot, you know, a code cracking device, a laser gun, and a laser watch, which came in handy. Um, yeah, cool sequences is the, the opening film sequence. He bungee jumps off a fucking uh, uh, dam. You know, he ends up like chasing a, a, a airplane off with his bike, jumps into the plane, takes over, and flies that bitch out. You know, and uh, there's a crazy action uh, tank scene where basically Bond kills a whole bunch of people while he's in a tank. He uh, up until Daniel Craig Brosnan, Brosnan was the most deadly Bond. He had yeah in this film he had 25 kills, shagged two women of course because he's James Bond. But yeah, uh, Goldeneye man, I, I, I he's my Bond. He's he's my favorite. Whether he's the best, we'll soon find out. Um, and then, uh. The next film was the debut of, of now the current Bond, Casino Royale. Uh, not to be confused with, uh, I think, one that came out in 1964, which was like a TV series. But uh, I'm talking about um, Casino Royale, 2006, with, with Daniel Craig. The villain in this was Le Sharif, Le Sharif, which was played by Mads Milkinson. The henchmen, there really wasn't one. They were just goons, regular goons. And the Bond girl was Vesper Lynn, played by Eva Green. Now... This movie, so the plot basically is uh, a banker to the world's terrorist, a.k.a. Le Sharif, tries to recoup the losses that Bond caused him by foiling a stock manipulation scheme by holding a high-stakes poker tournament. So basically what happens is this this, uh, banker dude has, has, you find out later, it's Spectre, but he has like a lot of bad guys' money, 
and he loses it because of Bond. So he what he does is he tries to get into a poker tournament and uh, tries to win. But James Bond intervenes and basically the tension uh, around poker. Uh, dude, you know how many people got into poker because of this movie? But anyways, so that happens. And uh, yeah, he drives the Aston Martin, the DBS, you know, great, great car. The only real gadget he had was that he had a defibrillator in his car because at one point he gets poisoned. Um, set pieces, the opening scene of Bond chasing the bad guy through, uh, I think he was in Madagascar was really, uh, was really great. And, uh, the theme song was, you know, my name by Chris Cornell bond kills about 25 and shags only one Vesperlin. So this film, this film was really, um, think of it as Batman, ba- Batman begins an origin story of James Bond where basically, yeah, basically Daniel Craig's Bond is like still rough around the edges, not as smooth, takes a little bit more of a beating, gets captured, you know, but he eventually learns. And one of the key things happens in this film that I, I find very attractive, a very appealing is that it humanizes Bond. Bond eventually falls for Vesper Lynn, Eva Green, and uh, is willing to give up being Bond for her. Right. But then you find out that she's been kind of using him um to to get like a to basically save her 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 actual boyfriend or the guy that she's with or whatever you know so uh, uh it's kind of heartbreaking and she eventually dies you know but 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 also in in a way kills bond's heart you know and i can relate to that bond but uh you know she she um yeah it really sets up the the tone of like who bond is Almost similar to like what happened in uh, On Her Majesty's Secret Service, you know. Um, yeah. And now I have a kid and his dad riding a bike near me. I'm a, uh, just for you guys who are listening, and I record my podcast in random parking lots. Today I'm at a train station. Cause I don't know why, but um, yeah, dude, I think I think Casino Royale was 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 a great origin story for Bond, and uh, it would go on to eventually lead to the next Bond film, which I think might be a lot of people's best. Uh, I'm going to be talking about Skyfall, which came out in 2015. Uh, Daniel Craig being Bond, uh, the villain Silva by Javier Bardem, and then uh, the henchman was a little guy Patrice who eventually got killed by, I think, Silva. The Bond girl was Severine, played by uh, Bernice Marlowe. Uh, but basically the story is, with, with, with Skyfall, is when James Bond, latest assignment, goes terribly wrong. He gets killed, goes undercover. Uh, no, he gets killed and basically disappears off the earth. A lot of people think Bond is dead. That's it. That's the end of Bond. He ends up just basically hiding on, an, on, a, on a deserted, I don't know, some third world place and fucks a bunch of women and drinks and does all that shit. But what happens is uh, it leads to a collect, uh, what do you call Basically what happens is Bond, because Bond fucked up, MI6, the agency is in trouble and now being hunted by, uh, by uh, Javier Badem, who used to be an agent as well. There, there's a backstory of that as well. And basically Javier Badem wants to destroy MI6, but more, more importantly, wants to kill M played by, by Judy Dench. Uh, as the story goes on, you know, there, there's rivalry. Uh, it leads eventually to, to, to the Bond's uh, home, basically his childhood home, 
uh, Skyfall manner, and they, they you know they get into a gunfight. Um, this one really dug into like the lore of James Bond, digs into like how James Bond became James Bond. You know, uh, it, it kind of built like Sky Skyfall was also when I think they were obviously you know leading to the fact that Bond is getting older. He may not be Bond all the time. They they kind of and this might be his last mission. But it really, it really was like this. This is Bond in his prime. He is protecting MI6 and 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 and, and all that. And I, I think it was the best representation Daniels Craig has done with, with with his Bond. He was at this point. He was no longer the the rookie as he was in Casino Royale. He was smooth talking. He got the job done, um, and got the villain, got the girl. You know, M died, but you know that's another story. Um. He brought back the 1964 DB5 Aston Martin in it, uh, and the only gadget was uh, he he they introduced because uh, Q was in the film, and he introduced a, uh, a palm reading PPK, a gun you know, and then um, dude like yeah a lot of train chases in this one, a lot of action sequences, and the theme song was uh, sung by Adele, sung Skyfall, and I think it ended up winning an Academy Award for best original song I think. Um, and then, uh, yeah, he killed about 17 people, shagged two of the women in this one. This one brought in a lot of people at the end of the film, you get to meet the characters of M played by, uh, Ralph Fiennes. And then you get to also meet, um, money penny who was played by Naomi, uh, Harris, I believe basically all the, basically what happens is at the end of skyfall, you almost get a door into like they're going back to the Connery films of like how, how, you know, Q was there. It's almost like they did a, you know, Casino Royale was the origin story. And there was a couple of movies in between, which I might talk about. And then Skyfall, you, you almost believed that Skyfall's bond eventually becomes Sean Connery's bond. A very nice fucking bow, 50th anniversary, big fucking film, you know? So yeah, th- th- those are the films that I, that, that, that I got to consider to be the best. Uh, before I do, I'm just going to go through the list of all the other Bond films, tell you why they weren't, why they were, were not. First one, Dr. No. Oh, fuck. I got a guy right now parking beside me in his Jeep because he's cool. Let's see. Uh, let's go. Th- you know what? Let's go through all of them. Dr. No, 1962. Good film, but, uh, again, a little rough around the edges. From Russia with Love, Great Henchman in 1963, but um, not so great. No, it was a great film. And then you had Goldfinger, 64, Thunderball in 65, You Only Live Twice in 67, Honor Majesty's Secret Service in 1969, and Diamonds Are Forever in 1971. And then we had Live and Let Die in 1973, The Man with the Golden Gun in 74, Spy Who Loved Me, Moonraker, For Your Eyes Only, Octopussy, View to a Kill, Living Daylights, License to Kill, Golden Eye, Tomorrow Never Dies, The World Is Not Enough, Die Another Day. Then the Craig series of Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace, Skyfall, Spectre, and then soon to be No Time to Die. So with all those films that, that over the past 60 years... um. Yeah, I mean, a lot of history. I got to go with, listen, I think of, of all the Bond films, the 
the one that 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 start that has the most formulaic features of a Bond film, the one that best represents who James Bond is, and that's why. So I think the best Bond film is. It's gonna be. I I wanted to. Okay, this is where it's gonna be tricky because I originally wanted it to be a tie, because obviously, listen, it's kind of hard to judge a film that you know one from the sixties and one that's now. Like, you know, a lot of people will obviously the filmmaking, technology, the character development, the writing, obviously has evolved. So I originally wanted to do a tie, but so the tie I'm talking about is I originally wanted to pick between uh, Goldfinger and Skyfall. Uh, Skyfall and Goldfinger. Those were the two that I wanted to pick. But if I had to pick between both of them, who best represents the character and basically just an overall great movie, if if, if I had to only give you, if you've never seen Bond before and I told you, watch this Bond film, uh, I'm going to have to say it's going to be the best Bond film is Goldfinger. Goldfinger. Goldfinger, I think, is the best Bond film. I think, uh... Yeah, I think I think it's gotta be Goldfinger. It's the... I mean, obviously, arguably one of the best Bonds. Villain, henchmen, Bond girls are all strong. I mean, listen, man. Who names a girl pussy galore, right? Obviously, you know what? It, it is outdated because of its time, but like I said, it created the blueprint to all the Bond films that are coming out now, and that will come out eventually. So... That's pretty much it. I think I think I think that, that that is the best best Bond film there is. If you don't if you don't agree, let me know. Uh at Kevin Homoki or at the Best Things in Life Pod. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe on the YouTube channel. And watch all the Bond films, then let me know if if, if I got it right. I think listen, if, if you're talking about look, if you're talking about modern day Bond, I mean what Daniel Craig did was amazing. But uh yeah, what what uh what 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 Sean Connery created for for everybody else and everybody after him and what he did for for Bond putting him listen Bond wouldn't have been as successful if it wasn't for what what uh, Sean Connery did whether you agree with his with his his personality or or, or whatever is, is a mute point it comes down to what he did for the character of Bond and what he did was m- made it a uh, you know, a guy that made a character that guys want to be and women want. So that, that that that's pretty much it. That's the Best Things in Life podcast. That's how this pod works. Thank you for stopping by. And uh, I'll check in with you here later.